0: It's a Friday. I'm Jenna Wolfe alongside the Nick Wright, Brandon Marshall looking dapper, but not as dapper as Kevin Wilds, who after all the pressure yesterday, you, has succumbed to, to the very fancy man tie. tie. So Kevin Wilds, thank you for, for wearing it out for It's been it like a 170 days since somebody's good.
1: worn a tie on his show. And it's he's true. sitting in his living room wearing a tie, too. Well, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, all yeah, good.
0: good. Uh, well, let us talk about the elephants in the room, shall we? Yesterday we asked where Le'Veon Bell could possibly end up. Le'Veon Bell is headed to the Kansas City Chiefs. The defending Super Bowl champs signed a three-time Pro Bowler to a one-year deal, a big boost for that Kansas City offense. They've been relying heavily on the rookie running back Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Well, Le'Veon took his excitement to Twitter, With this, Kansas City, Chiefs Kingdom, thank you for the opportunity. Let's go. Patrick Mahomes followed it up, equally as excited, tweeting, Welcome, my brother. Let's get it. So, Nick, we talked (laughs) about this yesterday. You didn't seem 100% sold on the idea. Now that it's official, now that it's settled in, are you more excited about adding a guy like Le'Veon Bell, that caliber of a running back, to your offense, your offense, to the Chiefs' offense? (laughs)
2: <laughs> no, no, it's my offense. I appreciate that. And me, Eric B. Andy Reid, we all have an equal hand in it. Uh, so I think a you lot of it depends on if, if my offense listens to me on how to use Le'Veon Bell. If Le'Veon Bell is there essentially as a third receiver and a guy who the Chiefs can trot out, Two wide receivers, two running backs and a tight end, and then you know, look like they're running the football and then split out five wide and have massive tactical advantages, then I'm here for it. If they added Le'Veon Bell so they can Further commit to a running game that I think is not the way this Chiefs team is going to have its most success then I'm a little more ambivalent on the move and that's what I was expressing yesterday is that because they had spent a first-round pick on Clyde Edwards-Alaire and now that they've added Le'Veon Bell I feel like they're going to almost be incentivized to take the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hand and I do not want them to do that but Wilds my takeaway from this yesterday was less about on the field and more about what it represents league-wide because and you're not gonna like this man but the Chiefs transformation into the Patriots is now complete when Le'Veon Bell got released I was (laughs) like oh we know how this is gonna end he's gonna sign with the Patriots for nothing the rich get richer and then I was like hold on a second that's the Chiefs now they're going to get the We're great the player who has to prove himself because he wants to win a ring. The, only la- the last step of the transformation is for the fans and media that support the Chiefs to become outwardly obnoxious. And I'm doing my best oh. to get that ball rolling as well. So, I, so we I, like, the Chiefs' transformation from the previous Dynasty to the new Dynasty Wilds, I think this Le'Veon Bell addition might be the final piece of it.
3: Look... If Le'Veon Bell, if the Patriots wanted Le'Veon Bell, Le'Veon Bell would have come to the Patriots. We're second in the oh league in God. rushing. We didn't need. We didn't need. We didn't need Le'Veon Bell. If he wanted to come, say, "Hey, I want to play oh. my role," and Belichick said, "Like, hey, you only get two. You're gonna get your two carries." If you wanted to come and win a ring, that's fine. But right now, you guys are 19th in rushing. If you take away that Texans game, we're second. We're good money. Wait. So, what? Brandon, I thought this was a very unselfish move. Le'Veon Bell says he's got a lot to prove. He never had a 100-yard rushing game. He had a 260-some-odd carries. He never broke a 20-yard run. If I was him, I would be a little bit reticent to go to the Chiefs when I didn't know if they would use me as much. Me, I would go to whatever team would, would give me the most carries, and I don't know if that's the Chiefs, Brandon.
1: Talking about selfish... Bro, it's been hundred and seventy something days since someone's worn a tie on this shirt, and you have a tie. <laughs> I mean, you look good. You look good, but that, you're putting Nick and selfish. I in a bad spot. We're, we're, we're actually embracing oh, this I've virtual thing, right? Sitting in our it's living not good, rooms, not wearing a tie. We feel good, and I you have a ESA tie on in your living tie. room right now. It's a tie room. Is it a guy thing? Is that a guy thing? All right, let's get back to Le'Veon Bell. I thought about go this whilst, yes, you have a point here. Miami Dolphins, I was like, oh, this is interesting. He can go there and, and be the guy. He could potentially have 25 touches a game, and he could get his career back on track. And then I thought about having the best of both worlds in the Kansas City Chiefs. This is a guy that's going to be used finally the proper way. Adam Gase never adjusted. Adam Gase never put him in the same position the Steelers put him in. The Chiefs, there's an argument that the Chiefs may use Le'Veon better than Ben Roethlisberger and the Pittsburgh Steelers did. This can be scary. Now there's a lot of people out there thinking like, well, is he the same guy? If you turn on tape, uh, he lost this step. The burst isn't there. The feet isn't there. The vision isn't there. Well, they said the same thing about me in 2011 when the Miami Dolphins traded me to the Chicago Bears. I just went for uh, 1,500 yards, almost 12 touchdowns, Mm -hmm. all pro, pro bowl. And then, oh, the the Bears did the same thing. Oh, let's trade him to the New York Jets. He's done. He's washed. (laughs) 1,500 yards again, all pro. Pro Bowl, 14 (laughs) touchdowns, and I think about Le'Veon in this way. Yes, he has a lot to prove, and this is going to be a great fit. Mahomes can lean on him. Andy Reid's going to use him. I like this, Jenna.
2: All right, so a couple things real quick, Jenna. One is I'm supposed to be the numbers guy, but I'm going to have to steal a page out of Kevin Wilde's statistical playbook because it's a really interesting thing he does. Which is you remove the best time a team yeah. did something and then say without that um, they suck. We saw this starting with the yeah. uh, with the Finals MVP. It's like if you remove this game that hurts my case, Anthony Davis Finals MVP. And I don't know if the audience heard it. They're like, hey, if you remove that game, the Chiefs ran the ball really well. They're not that good at running the ball. So I'm gonna have to try to work that into my repertoire. As far as the Le'Veon Bell comps, Brandon, <laughs> I, you know, in continuing the theme of the Chiefs being the new Patriots, I'm going to use a different wide receiver who was on an all-time Hall of Fame track, went to a struggling team where he didn't look like the same guy. He looked like he'd lost a step. He didn't look motivated. And then all of a sudden, snapped back to his old self immediately. And that's Randy Moss. Randy Moss. Say it. Now, I'm not saying Le'Veon's going to have the 07 Moss season because I don't think he is. But... I do think it can't be dismissed, the comps of Moss's per game production in Minnesota was the best in the history of the league coming out of college. Then he goes to Oakland, he looks like a shell of himself, and then he gets in a place with an explosive offense, an innovative offensive mind, and you see the best version of him yet. The Chiefs' Jenna don't need the best version of Le'Veon yet. They just need, like, 80% of Steelers' Le'Veon, and it is a huge asset for them to have.
0: All right, so Le'Veon Bell is going to Kansas City, and Nick is going to be maddening when the Chiefs probably never lose again. Uh, We are going to switch gears now Uh, and set the table for Sunday afternoon. Packers and Bucks, Rodgers and Brady, I call it like I see it, who's going to win? First things first, next.
2: You too, Brandon. (laughs) Shirtless.
0: A healthy lifestyle should be easy right eat veggies drink green smoothies exercise to get your heart rate up do yoga to bring your heart rate down whoo maybe it's not so easy but there is something that helps improve everything and you can do it with your eyes closed it's sleep sleep number knows what it takes to sleep your best the sleep number 360 smart bed lets you choose your ideal firmness comfort and support on each side your sleep number setting. It's the perfect solution for couples. These beds are so smart. They respond to your every move and they automatically adjust to keep you sleeping comfortably all night. Proving quality sleep is life changing sleep. And now introducing the new temperature balancing sleep number 360 smart bed. For a limited time, save up to $1,000 on the new 360 smart bed plus smart adjustable base. Only at Sleep Number Stores or www.sleepnumber.com cadence. For a lot of us, our home is now more than just our home. It's also a gym, a bakery, and a barber shop. And if you're a business owner or a people manager, home might also be where you do your hiring. That's where Zip Recruiter comes in. Zip Recruiter makes hiring faster and easier because you can do it all from one convenient place. ZipRecruiter.com approach. No matter where you're hiring from, ZipRecruiter does the work for you. How? Well, ZipRecruiter's matching technology scans thousands of resumes and profiles to identify the most qualified people for your job. If you're really interested in a candidate, you can even invite them to apply for your job. With one click, ZipRecruiter sends them an email from you and you stand out from the competition. And right now, to try ZipRecruiter for free, first things first, listeners, can go to ZipRecruiter.com slash ziprecruiter.com/approach, approach. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash approach, A-P-P-R-O-A-C-H. ZipRecruiter.com slash approach. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. The stress of daily life weighs on all of us, whether you're an elite athlete or just a regular person trying to get through the day. Muscle pain and muscle tension, that's a real thing. That's why I use Theragun, the handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combination of depth, speed, and power. And now, it's as quiet as an electric toothbrush. That's because the all-new Gen 4 Theragun has a proprietary brushless motor that's so quiet, you'll wonder if it's on. While you soothe your aching muscles with Theragun's signature power, amplitude, and effectiveness. Try Theragun, risk-free for 30 days. There's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4 with an OLED screen, personalized Theragun app, and the quiet and power that you need. Starting at only $199, go to theragun.com/ftf right now and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com/ftf. Theragun.com/ftf. Let's dive into Sunday's slate, America's Game of the Week. Packers and Bucks Sunday on Fox. So our friends over at Fox Bet have the Packers favored by a point and a half. This is the third time Brady and Rodgers have faced off. They split the first two meetings. So which quarterback has the edge? Well, Packers running back Jamal Williams weighed in. Take a listen.
2: Let's set the record straight. Whose quarterback is better, yours or Ronald Jones? Come on, man. Uh,
1: (laughs) I'm pretty sure my, look,
4: I'm pretty sure my quarterback knows what fourth down is, you know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs)
1: That's what I'm
5: saying, like, I'm like, exactly, I'm like, Aaron Rodgers will never do that. Never, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, he's too smart for (laughs) that.
0: It is the gift that keeps on giving if you are facing the box ever on Sunday. Uh, Brandon, let me start with you. Who has the tougher job on Sunday, Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady? Uh,
1: are we just going to gloss over Jamal? What is his name? Jamal Williams? Who? Uh, yeah. Come on, you can't talk about the you goat like, like that. that. Who are you? Oh, you can't. You can. can't do that, and you're he smiling can. and oh, encouraging it, Nick. You can't do that. No, yeah, no, can. no. He has Anyways. every right. First Amendment. Aaron Rodgers has the biggest challenge, Jenna, and it's not even close. Uh, Tom Brady already faced a, a, a tough uh, opponent, you know, in, in the Chicago Bears Thursday night football. You got Akeem Hicks. Uh, you got Khalil Mack on the other side getting to the, pressure, uh, getting to the quarterback better than uh, any almost anybody in the NFL. Uh, Todd Bowles on the other side of this field is relentless, and he's throwing everybody at you. In all three levels. So not only do you have Sue, JPP, Shaq Barrett, but you also have the, these linebackers. White's going to be coming, and he, he throws this safety at you. Antoine Winfield Jr., this dude, Man, we need to start talking about him as rookie defensive player of the year. He is balling. I played against his daddy. No, not in Minnesota. His son. I played against his daddy. This kid is balling, and he knows how to get to the quarterback. And for that very reason, it's going to be strength on strength, Nick. Uh, This offensive line on the the Green Bay side, they're playing lights out. They're only giving up 2.1% pressure on all of Aaron Rodgers' drop back. They are really good. But on the other side of the ball, that defensive line, they're getting to the quarterback. So for that reason, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to have his work cut out for him come this, this Sunday.
2: I, Brandon, I totally agree with you. Uh, and you're spot on about Antoine Winfield Jr., the rookie safety. I, I couldn't, but it made me feel old when you saw him being a projected, you know, late first, <laughs> early second round pick. Yeah. Because I'm like, wait a That's second. Right. I'll, and so, the, I, but I agree with you a thousand percent that it is the harder job this weekend is Aaron Rodgers' job. Like the, and that is in part because w- Tom Brady, you know, it was all good just two weeks ago. We were talking about his offensive line being one of the best in football. And his receiving core, Win whole being one of the best in football. Well, Godwin is expected to play. Mike Evans is expected to play. Gronk and Scotty Miller obviously expected to play. I know O.J. Howard is lost for the year, but that's one of your tight ends in a rotation of O.J. Howard, Gronk, right. and Cameron Brait. And the Packers defense, while it by no means is this a bad defense. Also, by no means, is this a great defense. Jair Alexander is an exceptional corner, and Zedarius Smith is an exceptional pass rusher. But especially with Kenny Clark being out of the lineup for a number of games this year, that defense doesn't push. Uh, have a ton of punch unless Rashawn Gary, the, I think second-year second year linebacker, third-year linebacker, young linebacker, let me say that, adds more on the inside. So, yeah. Aaron Rodgers is going to have to deal with not only Todd Bowles, but those monsters up front. And he's going to have to deal with it with a receiving core that continues to be banged up, even though they expect Devontae Adams back. So I agree with Brandon Wilds 1,000%. I think Rodgers has the far tougher job. Luckily for Rodgers, at this point in 2020, he's the far better quarterback. So I think he's going to be able to handle it. But he is the one that is going to be facing more adversity this weekend.
3: Yeah. When, right. when do you think we're going to see this Bucks offense that we were so heralded in the offseason explode? It's like, it's okay. It's just like solidly okay. They're 12th in passing yards per game behind Jacksonville and the Chargers. The average yards per pass that Bray's thrown is seven yards behind the New England Patriots and the Ravens. Their longest pass is 50 yards. It's good for like 20th in the league for no risk it, no biscuit. I'm, getting, I'm not getting risk, and I'm not getting any biscuits. It's a little bit of a karmic <laughs> retribution for me, because when you have big First Things First fans will remember my skinny bookshelf, and then we got this beautiful thing. Well, this beautiful thing is much bigger than my skinny bookshelf, so we had to move it to the play area. Kids saw that I took over the play area, not happy, small revolt in the Wilds' home. I'm like, guys, chill out, I'm going to get you a, a video game system. They're like, yes, you are going to get a video game system. You know what I got them? A su- old Super Nintendo with, like, 20 games packed on, and they are like, oh, yeah, it's not it's not what kind of was promised. It's still okay, and that's the Bucks' offense. Leading receivers right now, Mike Evans got, is 31st that. in the league. Scott Miller, who I have to call Scotty, I guess, is 34th. Chris Godwin's been hurt, but he's only got 143 yards. And Gronk is still where 0 for Gronk spikes where is Gronk? for the year. And, so O.J. Just Howard's waiting, just and O.J. Howard's blocking, hurt. And O.J. Howard's hurt. blocking, and O.J. Howard's gone. Yeah. yeah, Leonard Fournette was yep. supposed to be a blow big outs. thing. I got a good, a good meme out of it. I haven't seen any production, Wait. Brandon. So I've been waiting no for this Bucks offense to blow
1: up, and I haven't seen it. I think this is how this is how they get it done this week. It could be this week, Wouts, but it's not through the air. If they can get this running game going, we could see this offense become what you just said they should be. Now... When you look at the Packers' defense, the biggest hole they have is their run D. They can't stop anybody. So if they give it to Fournette, if they continue to commit to the run like they tried to do last week, this could open up everything because you know Tom Brady is efficient when that run game is going, and he can also work off the play action. They did it in New England. Very balanced team. So I think this could be the week where they explode.
2: Okay. Jana, Jana, you, you heard what I heard Don't here. Worry. And here I, again, That's I'm saying. always positioned where I, I, I have to up. be mm-hmm. the bad guy on this show. But everything Kevin Wilds and Brandon Marshall described there sounds like an offense that is limited by their quarterback play. Their coach. That is um, limited by, oh, oh my, th- okay, Mitch, their coach. Their Guys, folks, folks, this is the great thing about sports. We all, uh, there are a lot of things we talk about in life that we don't then get to end up seeing the end result. In sports, most, most of the time we do. And when Tom Brady picked the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and those weapons and that offensive line and Byron Leftwich and Bruce Arians, nobody was saying, and going into the week six game against the Packers, it's going to be about busting them up with the run game to set up a few play action shots. It was about, oh, no risk it, no biscuit in a good it's about, way. It's, Mike it's, a, it's about winning, oh. Nick. Nick. It's about
1: right. winning. is not I agree. about Tom Brady throwing it for 500 yards. I don't I need Tom well, Brady dropping
2: back and throwing no, it for 500 yards. still has the
0: yards. football. I need him to go get the You're win. He's <laughs> all of us with that Jenna,
2: right? Jenna, I, I agree. Yes. I agree it's about winning. I agree it's about winning. But the easiest way to win would be to dominate the Packers through the air. But nobody thinks they can because they are limited at quarterback.
0: All right. Well, I want to ask all of you who you actually think is going to win, but we're going to do that a little bit later. We have much more time to talk about this game. Uh, We got some basketball news to talk about. A couple of big headlines in the NBA. Will there be another championship parade for Ty Lue now that he's the head coach of the Clippers? Nick weighs in next. First things first have found a coach. He's a good one. He's a familiar one. L.A. tapping Ty Lu to take over a team that came woefully short of a title this year. Ty knows a thing or two about leading a team to a title in his first season. Got to the finals three straight seasons in Cleveland before moving on to L.A. Of course, then he had LeBron. Now he has Kawhi. And now we have Chris Broussard. All right, Broussard, good morning. Thanks for being with us. Gotta ask, will anything change for the Clippers now that they have hired Ty Lu to be their new head coach?
5: Absolutely. Look, whoever they had hired, if Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and those other players who will be back have competitive bones in their body, they were going to come back humbled and motivated to redeem themselves. They were the biggest disappointment of the season. So they got to come back as competitors, more humble, ready to work harder, ready to develop more chemistry. Kawhi's got to do away with at least some of the low management. So I think that's a plus. But then let's bring in Ty Lu. One thing I consistently heard about Doc Rivers was that he would not hold or hold his stars accountable. And that rubbed the other mm. players the wrong way and disrupted the chemistry. Now, Ty Lu, everyone says about Ty, he is not afraid to hold superstars accountable. If he held LeBron James accountable, he can hold Kawhi Leonard and Paul George accountable. That in and of itself right. will be a big help. We know the team has talent. There's no question about that. I think this is a good move for the Clippers. I'm not ready to make a prediction yet, but I think they'll be better <laughs> this year than they were last year.
2: All right, let me start with Ty. I am so happy for Ty Lue, he is a great guy, he's an excellent coach, and he held out for what he deserved salary wise and contract length wise, and it worked out to his advantage. And he still gets to live in L.A., and unlike if he were coaching the Lakers, now his seasons are going to be about a month shorter than if he were coaching the Lakers. So it's more money and less work. So that's good. So I'm happy for my buddy Ty. (laughs) Now, as far as how much of an impact will this make, Chris Broussard, I have a very quick question for you. You've been on television for, I don't know, 15, 20 years. How many times have you been late to a show?
5: Uh, very, uh, I, I don't even know. Maybe once, never? Maybe once, I don't know.
2: Okay. Yeah, All uh, right. maybe never. So I yeah. would say for th- for us to see a cultural shift with the Clippers, I would say step one for Ty Lue is to tell Kawhi you either got to move from San Diego or you got to set the alarm clock a little bit earlier. Because what was discussed in the Jovan Buha athletic report was one of the reasons Folks on the Clippers felt Kawhi got special treatment, was he couldn't even be bothered to show up to team flights on time all the time. So it wasn't just load management, it wasn't just practice when you want to practice, it's everyone's waiting on you to get here. And so it's one thing if Kawhi Leonard, Brandon, doesn't want to be a vocal leader. That's not who he is. Fine. It's another thing entirely yep. if his actions are displaying either a lack of seriousness or a feeling of the rules don't apply to me at all as basic as when the team plane is leaving. And I do think Broussard is right. absolutely right, Brandon, that it starts with Ty holding him accountable for those things at the very least if they're going to have a cultural shift in, in Los Angeles with the Clippers, Brandon. 100% I absolutely love this
1: hire when I th- when I saw this uh, on our sheet of what we're going to discuss today I thought about 2016 and I think everybody remembered this moment because it was a interesting moment 2016 the NBA Finals the Cavaliers against the Warriors on the bench two minutes 27 seconds left Ty Lue tells LeBron shut that up do you remember that moment Nick So when you talk about holding your players accountable, like Ty Lue was able to do that with LeBron. So when you think about Kawhi and whether it's move from San Diego and back to L.A. and set your alarm or, you know, maybe we need to push you a little bit more. There's nobody that's more comfortable doing that outside of Ty Lue. They went in a locker room in that game. And it was the same conversation. uh, LeBron James is going around to uh, Damon Jones and then his teammate James Jones. And Ty Lue comes back out and says, shut up. This is my team. And they go on to win it. So I love Ty Lue because you talk about accountability and there's nobody better. But then there's another name, Paul George. And our producer, Charles, here on the show, he, there's nobody better uh, about discussing the Clippers than him. He grew up a Clippers fan. So when he when I'm like, Yo, so who do you think is the bigger problem? And he his first response was Paul George. Like, that is the guy in the locker room that seems not to mess with everyone else. So you insert Chauncey Billups. Chauncey Billups is that guy that can probably move him emotionally. For me as a player, it wasn't always the head coach. It wasn't always the wide receiver coach. Sometimes it was Todd Bowles in Miami, the defensive coordinator, that was able to move me emotionally and push me. And when I went to the Jets, it was Brent Boyer, our special teams coach. So I really like this combination. I think if they clean this up, they can easily be back where they're supposed to be next year and that's in trouble and your I lakers also- in trouble
3: oh boy Ooh. uh i so also they, love they the shots up. bursard oh, <laughs> oh, oh <my laughs> Yes. I don't, but bursar i don't think they need a, a a full demolition because if they did I think Ty Lu would have gone and joined the Pelicans with David Griffin. I think he looked at it and said, like, you know what? We just need a slight remodeling. We need to move 10%, and I, I think I can do it just like I did it with the Cavs. I think the Chauncey hire, it didn't get the big headline, but I think it's a very important hire. Like, I got to work with Chauncey a lot at NBA Countdown. If Chauncey was like, hey, Kevin, we're going to go to Mount Everest, I'm like, all right, I'll follow you up Mount Everest. He's that type of leader. I've talked to him about like, personal stuff, career stuff. I've talked to him about it, what it's like to own a Wendy's franchise, which he owns a few of. The other good, interesting <laughs> thing about not just his, how he's going to um, relate to Paul George, you think about it, Broussard, there's only been 31 guys who have won finals MVP. Kawhi's won it and Chauncey has won it. So the idea that Chauncey can relate to Kawhi on a different level because that is the most select group of all select groups. The one thing I want to push back on you, Broussard, is this. With the season, we don't know what the season's going to look like. Maybe it starts in late January. Maybe it starts in February. We don't know how it's going to play out. I don't know if the answer is Kawhi has to play more games. It doesn't feel like he wants to do that, and it feels like you'd be walking into a fight right away I would rather take the tack that Toronto take, like, hey, what are we going to do? Let's make it work. Pinning the uh, Clippers' chemistry issue on his load management issues, I I think that's not the right move. I think load management is just what you're getting with this guy.
5: No, I'm not saying that that was the cause of the chemistry issues, but it sets a bad tone for the team because it's like we can drop Kawhi in every, you know, two out of every three games and be fine. No, this is the NBA you need to develop chemistry. We saw that, period. The Clippers, Anthony Davis played through injuries. LeBron played through Knicks and Knox and things like that. And they, we saw what happened with them. Kawhi's got to come back ready to play. I don't think they're going to – they may not play 82. But if they do, 70 to 75 games. You can't be missing 20 games if you're not really a injured. Thousand percent and they correct. can't coach Ka- they, they can't coach Kawhi scared. Because Kawhi, I know he's got, you know what, he can leave yeah. after next season. He's not going anywhere. He's from Southern California. He's been to two other teams already. Where's he going? Yep. He wanted
2: to be in no, LA. No, I think that's He'll right. I, I just want to add one other thing. I think they're smart to hire Ty Lue. We'll see what happens with Kawhi if he adjusts his routine, if you will. But if all of that goes perfectly, if the Clippers do not get bigger, They are drawing dead against the Lakers. This was forgotten in them blowing a 3-1 lead to the Nuggets. But with Anthony Davis playing at this level, with the Lakers having this much size, the Clippers roster, as currently constituted Jenna, is inherently flawed. And that, no matter who the coach is, unless they address some rim protection, they've got no shot whatsoever. So this is a good first step, but the the roster needs to be retooled somewhat as well, Jenna.
0: All right, well, Ty Lue having to talk to Kawhi is like Kramer having to fire Raquel Welsh, if no one sees that parallel. Uh, Other big news in the NBA, Daryl Morey stepping down yesterday as the Rockets general manager after 13 seasons in charge. Houston now needing a general manager and a head coach. So, Nick, you interested? No. Uh, What do you make of the Morey era in Houston?
2: Listen, they never quite got over the hump. But here are some facts about Daryl Morey. Daryl Morey, since they acquired James Harden, the Rockets made the playoffs every single season. They are the only team in the NBA to make the playoffs every single season over that span. Also, during the KD Warriors run, there was only one team to take the Healthy Warriors to at least a game six. And that was the Houston Rockets. We're up 3-2 in that series until Chris Paul tore his, ham- or pulled his hamstring, tore his hamstring, and they end up losing the series. He did not ultimately achieve his final goal, Broussard. But I think if anyone were to call this time a failure, they are totally missing the point. And the level. The Rockets have the second-best winning percentage in the NBA in his tenure. They never bottomed out, and he kept retooling. So I think, he, I think he's an excellent GM. I think he's going to take some time away from the game and then probably come back and retool another team. But that's how I'll remember the more year of Broussard.
5: Nick, it was ultimately a failure, all right? Daryl Moore is a good GM. <laughs> all right? But it was a failure. You were there 13 years. You got to two conference finals, never got to the NBA finals, let alone won a championship. That was the charge. He, all the money they spent, all the superstars they brought in, two conference finals? If this was Washington, Charlotte, that'd be acceptable. Houston has always been a stellar franchise. They've never been a joke. They've had some of the best players in NBA history. They made four finals, won two of them, before Daryl Morey got there. So just making them relevant, cute, sexy, and in the playoffs for eight straight years, that's not enough in Houston. It they was were the finish. best
2: team in basketball in 2018. They, were, they had the best record. They did they, did, they, have ring? The and did they have a they Their second best ring? player Torres Ham hamstring. Listen, I get that's it. That's like it's the saying rings. the Clippers were the best team. It's all that matters. No, yes. nobody got hurt it, on the Clippers. They didn't have the best record league. in basketball. It's nothing like... That's fine. No, no, no. It, it's not win that rings lose. don't matter, but if rings are all rings that matter, matter, that's fine. I got it. No, I get Did it. Did they get to the I finals? I understand. It's all that matters. Did they even get to the well, finals? No, because they... No, they went the up against an
0: all-time all right, guys, dynasty. We got to run. Broussard, thank you so much, buddy. Have a great weekend. Back to football. Baker facing Ben on Sunday. Who do you trust more? You probably know my answer. We'll get these guys answers next. First things first, let's get back to some football now. We got a monster AFC North showdown coming up Sunday. 4-1 and Browns headed to Pittsburgh to take on the 4-0 and Steelers, Baker versus Ben. How about this, Steelers are a perfect 16-0 at home versus Cleveland in the Big Ben era. But this is a different Big Ben and this is a different Cleveland Browns team same era though uh time for brandon's keys to the game brandon what are your keys to big ben steelers staying undefeated at home versus cleveland browns team
1: Mm, real quick jenna can we switch my jersey uh, because what's going on with the Jets organization, Again? so I would like that to go from the <laughs> Jets, let's go to the Bears. Yeah, let's switch that. No. <laughs> we already switched <laughs> it <all right>. once. <laughs> We're switching
0: <Our> it. <laughs> Here's my keys departed. to this game.
1: Three keys, go Jenna. Number it. one, you have to take out Miles Garrett. Eliminate him from this game plan. Not because of the soap opera last Uh-oh. year. Emotions may be running high, but it's because this guy is disruptive. He can single-hand win this game himself he is a monster take him out protect big ben number two the only thing this offense is missing is big ben connecting on a deep ball big ben this is your week to connect on a deep ball he's four for 17 when throwing the ball past 20 yards that is 24 percent this is the week to get it done because this is an average secondary at best. So, Big Ben, let's go get it done this week. And the third key, if the Steelers wants, want to win this game, they have to take out this running game. You can't let Cleveland the Cleveland Browns come in here and do what they do best. Yeah. You got Watt and these other guys on the defensive line that is stout. So, if you eliminate this run game, now you're forcing Baker Mayfield to be one dimensional. And we know what happens when he drops back 40, 45 times. One pick, two pick, three pick, four. (laughs) Eliminate him.
0: Eliminate
2: them. All right. So let me, Brandon. Let me. Oh look, right, I have a five-year oh, Bears. Brandon Marshall. Oh wait, I thought we Bro- were gonna Bro- get go- Dolphins. Me. Brandon Marshall. Thank you. What about Broncos, Brandon Marshall? You want Marshall? the Dolphins? I, I feel like we should do a rotate. Yeah, let's yeah, do any of them. yeah, the Broncos. Let's go Broncos. Bron- let's next. Week, I don't think they Broncos. have that one ready. I don't think they can just immediately switch it like that. Um, all right. Let me talk about <laughs> your first key, Brandon, because you are asking them to do something that no team. Yeah. Has proven able to do. I want folks to understand something about Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett right now averages the most sacks per game of any player in NFL history. I'm gonna say that again. Miles Garrett averages the most sacks per game of any player ever. Post-rookie season, he has 30 sacks in 31 games, and eight of them have come with forced fumbles. So it's, it's plays like that. It's not just big hits on your quarterback. It's game-changing forced turnovers. So I think it's very, Sorry. very difficult to ask the Steelers to do that. Your last point about Baker, I think, is incredibly important, which is... If I'm the Browns, because the Steelers have shown such, they've proven to be so adept at getting to the opposing team's quarterback, I want to, I want to be overly conservative in the first quarter, maybe even the first half, to try to make sure we don't let a game-changing play by Watt or Dupree or Minka all of a sudden flip the game on its head because Baker makes a mistake. So I want to, this is a game where I would pound the running game. This is a game where I would max protect because I think the Steelers' offense is a little overrated and I think the Steelers' defense might be the best in the entire NFL. So I want to protect Baker from himself in this game because I think the Browns' defense can make some hay wilds on that Steelers' offense.
3: I guess so. It just feels—that feels so uninspiring for Baker that you want to protect Baker by, like, not letting him throw the ball. Because for the 4-1 and one Browns, like, Baker hasn't been really cooking. He's been all right. But, like, I want to start putting—let Baker cook out there. There's 24 quarterbacks who have thrown no. for 1,000 yards this year. Or in the kitchen. Baker's though. not one of them. Like, it's it's yeah. odd. Yards per pass attempt. No, Baker's you know, let Baker bake.
1: No, no. Wow. No, let's,
3: no go no, with. Let's, go he's go not a any anymore.
0: No, he's not no, a cook. No, any, no, no. Stop go out there guys. and be the guy you drafted. Jenna,
3: go, go,
1: Brandon. No, that's we is the game. Is, is is it about winning or is it about cooking? Okay, Wh- which one is it about? Because they're four and one right now. They're winning because they're letting Baker bake. When you cook, that thing is hot. When you bake. It's like a little simmer. It's still pretty. And that's hot. what this offense is. We're going to run on first, run on. No, no, no. We're going to bake it. We're going to bake it. We're going to put it on like uh, 100 degrees. We ain't going to put it on 300, <laughs>
2: 350, 400. No, no, no. We're going to put baker. that thing on 100. Brandon's not a great Yeah, no. Just
1: keep going. Yeah, Brandon's we might We might want to put him in at the at pot. a car Put, ba- crop put, pot. Ba- put okay. Baker in a crock pot. It. Run on first. Run on simmer. second. Third there down. <laughs> Run again. Run on third. Third and 15. Run again Listen, with Baker. He can lose the game. Why? We just talked about the guy Hold on the other on, side right? of the ball, and, Miles and it's Garrett, who, you're who can single, single-handedly single win the game. On the other
2: side, you and, have a guy who can single-handedly lose the game for you. And and Brandon, uh, to Brandon's point, Wild, it's about who you're playing. You know me. More often than not, I want teams to throw the ball down the field. It's 2020 NFL football. That's how you win. But there are exceptions. The Steelers' entire team has been built around that front seven—the ability to pressure the opposing quarterback, have two dueling edge rushers, and Watt and Dupree that can wreck a game. Not to mention Cam Hayward and others. So th- there are certain games where you dial it back. And 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 Jenna, you can't I, I understand the like the the well. Okay, I think one of the reasons that has to do with A who they've been playing and B, if you're running the ball, you're not turning it over. And the way the Steelers last year and this year have dominated teams is putting them in impossible positions because the defense is so dominant. So That's I am right. going to be conservative unless I am forced out of that game plan if I'm Cleveland. Like this is this is the biggest game Cleveland has played since week 17. Two thousand seven there are no style points if they get to five and one having won five in a row it is what it means for this team this franchise and to beat the Steelers after what happened last year when they beat them but it was all marred by the miles Garrett stuff it's a massive moment it's not about you know guess, trying to yeah. have Baker prove something what, Jenna
0: what I what I'm saying is, Brandon, if you go into a game saying, well, let's just hold our breath and go like this, and hopefully they won't beat us, and let- don't throw the ball over, just hand it off, yeah. let's just run it, let's deviate from our game plan to make sure, let's just play defense that is, the whole time. That's not deviating. G- like if you that is their game team, yeah. plan. But it is. That's okay, not but deviating. If they go- no, but what you're- no, but but it, it but sounds okay, like no, you're, you're saying right, you is they're going Jenna- into the game. Go ahead, Brandon, go ahead.
1: No, you're right. You, you don't want to go in a game like that. And I know I just crushed Baker, but that's not what I... We know if he drops back 40, 45 times a game, in his head, he thinks he's Brett Favre. He really does. Brett Favre would throw 30 touchdowns and 30 picks, and yep. everybody still be standing exactly. on his feet because he was so talented physically. That is not Baker Mayfield. So we know what can happen if we ask him to do that. What can happen is, is put your your players in position to win, and that's what... The the Cleveland Browns and and Stefanski has done. They know he is really good off of the keeper game to play action, but it's set up by the run. That's their formula to win, Jenna. They play okay on defense. They can be better. They're banged up in the secondary. They got Miles Garrett who can single-handedly win this game. Baker Mayfield is not managing the game. It's just Our best players are in the backfield and also the wide receivers who now has one-on-one because we have eight-man box because we're averaging five yards a carry. So this is how this team is set up, which is dangerous. It's not going to be an easy game for the Steelers. It's going to be tough. The NFC North is back. The AFC North is back. The Pittsburgh Steelers is running the ball, averaging 4.9 yards a carry. Cleveland Browns leading the league in, in, in so many rushing categories and playing good defense for, as far as the Pittsburgh Steelers. The AFC North is back. This is going to be a really good game, but the Steelers will take it.
0: Yes. is exactly I what I was going to cap one. it with, but you think the Steelers are going to win. Hey, guys, it didn't take long for Elbel to find a new home. It's a good home, sturdy foundation. Some would even say it's super, is pretty, pretty good. We'll discuss the Mula Kansas City Chiefs next. First things first. Welcome back. All right, it is time to make our picks for Sunday's free-to-play Super 6 contest. Terry Bradshaw putting up a million dollars this week. One of the matchups, Packers at Bucks. Nick, give me a winner. And by how many?
2: Packers by 10. I was told to be quick here. Wow. I think it's a close game. The Packers <laughs> are up three. Brady fails on a fourth down. Does know it's fourth down, though, so that's an Maybe improvement. A third. Aaron Rodgers goes down and scores a touchdown to ice it. Packers by 10, Brandon.
1: Hey, whoever wins that million needs to give me 15% because it's going to be Packers by three because this is strength on strength, number two offense versus the number two defense. So that's my pick, and I need my
3: percentage. Okay, I'll go the other way. Yeah, if, uh, I'll also say Packers at three, but you only need to give me 10% so you can we can push Brandon right out of it. get old Kevin Wilds 10%. <laughs> Brandon's left holding the back. <laughs>
0: Good. All right. That's make good. sure you get your picks Come in before kickoff on Sunday. Don't shortchange. For your take a chance me. to win a million dollars of Terry he Bradshaw's underrated. money. Wild, I love you. Uh, all right. Let's get back to last night's uh, big news out of the NFL. Le'Veon Bell is a Kansas City Chief. The defending Super Bowl champ signed the three-time Pro Bowl running back to a one-year deal. It's a big boost for Casey's offense. They've been relying heavily on the rookie, on um, running back Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Our quarterback, Mike Vick, who's played for Andy Reid and with El Bell, is joining us right now. All right, Mike, how do you think Andy Reid gets the best and the most out of Le'Veon Bell after two very unproductive years with the Jets?
4: The one thing Andy's going to do, I will say, is get the most out of Le'Veon in every way that he can. and. When I looked at this situation, and when I seen the signing yesterday, instantly I just thought about uh, the way he used Brian Westbrook. Um, Brian was very versatile. Um, you can use him in the backfield, out the backfield. You can put him in a slot five wide. You can do so much with him, and that's what Le'Veon Bell presents. When we was in Pittsburgh, we used to flex him out at receiver and let him go one-on-one with linebackers and, and, and defensive backs. Uh, and even safety sometimes, depending on the matchup and who... Uh, that team thought can handle Le'Veon. So e- and even in the run game, and I know people think that Le'Veon is going to be the guy in between the tackles, outside the tackles, uh, zone reader, he can do Wildcat. But, you know, this guy doesn't even need a, a lane to run the football. He creates his own lanes with his patience. So, um, you know, Andy has watched plenty of film on Le'Veon and know how much he has left in the tank and what he can do. And Right now, all Andy is thinking about is keeping defensive coordinators up all night and Le'Veon Bell is going to be a big reason that this team continues to flourish you know, as a football team.
2: Vic, you, you talked about putting El Bell out in the slot. In your career, you threw 15 passes to Le'Veon Bell, 14 of them were completed. And while you were a good completion percentage guy, you weren't a 92% completion percentage guy. So I would imagine that part yeah. of that is because a lot of those passes were screens, like they were they were designed screenplays to Le'Veon Bell. We know Andy Reid loves drawing up screenplays. How do you think they use him in the screen game in Kansas City?
4: Oh yeah, Andy's the master of the screen game, and and the one thing that makes this offense go is him being able to screen teams and keep them off balance and whether it's in uh, second and long situations, third and long situations, they even surprise you sometimes on first down with a screen. But when he can be versatile in the screen game, he has the guy who knows how to run the screen game and knows how to uh, work off his blocking assignments. Uh, You know, when he touches the ball in the screen game, you know, it just makes the offense that much better. And, you know, not just with the screens, it's just where you can align Le'Veon is, is, is what makes him special. And then his hands is superb. You know, I've seen him make some of the toughest catches over cornerbacks. Yeah. Guys who are some of the elite in terms of getting their hands on the football and ball skills. So, this is an unbelievable signing for Andy. And, uh, I mean, it just has success written all over it.
1: Real quick, Mike, some housekeeping things here. First of all, thank you so much for being a good teammate, not wearing a tie. It's been 170-something days since someone has worn a tie on this show. (laughs) Look at this guy, Wilds, wearing a tie in his living room, first of all. Second,
2: uh, he looks good. He looks
1: good, but but he shouldn't be wearing a tie. Second. I am you, celebrating Mike. the Chiefs because the Chiefs chose my analysis over Nick Wright's analysis, who is hometown boy. Okay, when announcing Le'Veon Bell, this is so, so that's why I'm wearing the red and the burgundy or whatever you want to call. it. What do you guys call that, <laughs> huh? Yeah. But anyways, look, we, we let's go right. back to those highlights yeah. that you had. All right, let's go back to those highlights real quick that you showed of Le'Veon Bell, uh, uh, Ketta. I want to show you guys something about what makes this guy special. I talked about it yesterday. I said, if they get this guy, let's talk about him as the receiver and not the running back. Let's see it. Let's throw it up there. So you're going to see this play come up where he runs a slant and he catches this touchdown. This is important. Yeah. He runs this better than 90% of all receivers in the NFL. His feet, it's critical that you understand this. The quarterback is taking a three-step drop. That is the quick game. My feet as the receiver needs to match up with Mike Vick's. So you look at his patience. He's not doing that to be cute. He's doing that because of timing. He's waiting for Mike Vick, Ben Roethlisberger, to, to get into their drop and throw the ball. Timing is critical, and look how he caught the ball. That is a tough catch. He caught that ball this way. Ask Chris Carter, ask Jerry Rice. That is tough for a running back to do. This is why he's special, and this is why it's going to be dangerous pairing him with Andy Reid.
4: Oh, for sure, and, and when you talk about the move that he made off the line of scrimmage, that's just, something, that's just something that most running backs— can not do. I mean, he he put himself in a position where, you know, only he can catch the football. And, and you know, Le'Veon Bell is basically unguardable uh, when he's put out in the slot and when he's put out wide. I've seen it firsthand, and I know how much he's worked with Ben Roethlisberger and making him a success in doing that. So this is one of the things that he brings to the table for any team that he plays for. I just think and, the Jets then use and, him correctly.
1: And, and Kevin, really quickly before you go. It's important that you guys understand that it's going to take time. It may take a couple weeks for him and Mahomes to get on the same page because that footwork, uh, Mahomes got to figure out how he moves. He got to look at his body language. It's going to take him a couple weeks to watch him in practice to see how he sinks his hips, to see how he moves his feet at the top of his route. So it's going to take a couple weeks, but when they get it down, it's going to be
3: lights out, Wilds. Okay, that's exactly what I wanted to talk about, Brandon. If I was... Le'Veon Bell and Nick I'll ask you you can play Andy Reid if you have a face mask available throw it on Nick I'll be like hey coach (laughs) Clyde Edwards-Alaire he's got 98 touches 7th most in the league most by a rookie it's me Le'Veon Bell I got something to prove I never had a 100 yard game I had 260 some odd carries I never broke a run for 20 yards November 1st the Jets come into Arrowhead I just want to cook the Jets. Mm-hmm. Ooh. I want to cook the. I want to cook Adam Gase if cook. he's still even there. Yeah. I want to cook him. <laughs> do you, Nick, do you think that is a? Fa- I don't even know if this happens in the NFL, but would, do you think Andy Reid is receptive to that request to be like, hey, I got a little personal uh, yeah. beef here. Can can I cook against the Jets? Or you think it's like, no, business as usual it is what it is?
2: No. Well, I think I think he will be receptive to it because it's the opponent. That it is not just that, not because it's Le'Veon Bell's former team, but Andy Reid, they could do pick a fan to score a touchdown in that game against the Jets, and they'd, they'd be able to do it. So I, I do think part of it is all right. Listen, Le'Veon, we're gonna do our scripted plays. We're gonna get it going. 100%. Once we're up twenty-seven to three, I'll have maybe a little special well, package for you. You want to throw a pass? No. We'll, you want to you know you want to do a little wildcat? Like Brandon, I do think if there' 100%. If that game goes the way we think it will, right? That they'll let Le'Veon have some special plays in that game.
1: One hundred percent, Mike, and you know this real quickly, man. Like when you go into a new team, and, and, and there's coaches that you know they'll and you're playing against your former team, they'll throw you out there as a captain. They'll say something before the night of the game. They'll give you a play or two. Not every coach do it, but for for the most part, coaches do that. This this is a thing, Wilds. Nice. And
4: Andy Reid gets a kick out of that. I- I've been around him enough. He he gets a kick out of guys going against their former teams, especially when there's been a little animosity. Uh he- he'll cook up some plays just so Le'Veon Bell can have some success and-, and so he can um, you know, not really taunt his former team but show them what they're missing out on and I think he takes no, pride. <laughs> showing coach how to use t- this, t- this t- guy. T- this is how you're t- t- supposed t- 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 to use this guy. I know Andy. I know how he could
1: do
0: All Two of the best going head-to-head on Sunday. Brady, Rogers. one game, two quarterbacks, always just four downs. We'll preview that matchup next. First things first. Browns and Steelers. I'm not making this up. These are two teams coming into their biggest matchup in what feels like a century. Baker and the Browns, that offense finally clicking, averaging more than 37 points a game during their four-game win streak, while Big Ben and the Steelers have taken care of some weaker opponents en route to their 4-0 start. Michael Vick back with us. Okay, Mike, I got a question for you. Who do you trust more heading into this game, Baker Mayfield or Ben Roethlisberger?
4: First of all, I got to show some love to Baker Mayfield. He stepped up to the challenge the last couple weeks, and he's played some winning football. But in this game, I trust Big Ben uh, a lot more than I trust Baker Mayfield. For one, he got 7,000 more snaps than Baker. And two, the Pittsburgh Steelers, look at this game as a rivalry game and they get up for the Cleveland Browns, you know, for the outside world who don't know anything about this little rivalry that takes place in the AFC North. This team really gets up for this game. I've been there. I've been in the locker room. I've game plan throughout the week. And and for Ben, you know, it, it's for him it has been like, um, you know, it, a kid being on punishment and, and looking out and and seeing your friends running up and down the block. And having a good time, and you can't go outside. And now he's been taken off a punishment. He's back out there with his friends, having a good time playing mm. ball, and he's really enjoying the game of football now. And it's showing. And you know, spoke to Ben over the summer. He's just ecstatic to get back to playing ball and and being out there and developing some young receivers and some young talent and a defense that's just a, a bullish defense that can do anything to the mm. uh, to the opposition. So. I respect, you know, what Baker Mayfield has done and the Cleveland Browns as a whole, but I really trust Ben Roethlisberger being able to get it done in this AFC North matchup.
1: Mike, what did you say about that defense? Did you say bullish? It's bullish. You said bullish, bullish, right? Okay. Yes, okay. Absolutely. Okay. So I wrote some notes down on my flight back from New York this week. I wrote some notes down because Nick thinks that I like the Steelers and I picked them to make the Super Bowl because I'm from Pittsburgh, you did. East Liberty, Larmer right. Avenue. That's, that's what he thinks. So yeah. let me read my notes so you understand why I believe in, right. this, got, in this team so much. And you talked about bullish. Mm-hmm. Similar identity as years past. Heavy blitz. Win with the front seven. Zone coverage. The front seven is awesome. Watt and Dupree really stout. They can stop any run game. What does the Cleveland Browns do well? Oh, they run the ball. These guys will stop that. You also look at the interior combo between uh, Hayward and Tuitt. Tua. They're as good as any combo in the D in the NFL right now. They blitz. They create one-on-one matchups. This is going to be a nightmare for the Cleveland Browns, a hot Cleveland Browns, because of that front seven. This front seven reminds you back of those Steelers those in the 90s. They're playing really good ball right now. They're playing together. And for that reason, I'm going with Big Ben. Not because Baker Mayfield, what he can or can't do, or Big Ben, what he can or can't do, but that front seven is going to present a lot of problems for a lot of people in that Cleveland Browns. Browns. Browns'
2: offense. It's the best front seven in football, and it's not even close. I don't dispute that, Brandon. I, I do question how good the Steelers' offense can be and Big Ben can be against legitimate competition. The Browns have four wins this year every other team the Steelers have played this year combined have three wins so to say this will be the Steelers toughest game of the season is a massive understatement this will be their toughest game of the season by a factor of ten and I want to see how this offense looks against Miles Garrett I want to see how this offense looks against Olivier Vernon and against a pretty good Browns front seven themselves not what the Steelers have on the front seven but a pretty good Steelers front seven now Jenna to answer your question, which quarterback do I trust more, Baker Mayfield has not yet earned anybody's trust. He, you can't have one good year, one bad year, and then five games of a good year and say, okay, we fully trust you. But I would argue Big Ben has been had been, prior to his injury, chipping away at the trust he had earned over his first Ballot Hall of Fame career, leading the NFL in touchdowns uh, over the, uh, the three years combined prior to win or in, in sorry, not in touchdowns, leading the NFL in interceptions over the three years leading up to his injury. Now, this year he has played very well despite not being able to connect on deep passes. But this is going to be his toughest test yet. So I know we always talk no. about the two quarterbacks. This is... What Brandon, it absolutely is going to be his toughest test of the season. Yes, tell me what was the tougher one. There's no question this is Big Ben's I, I, toughest I, I, test of the they're season. They're going to yeah, protect. Sure. They're going to protect. They're going to protect Big Ben. That secondary is average
1: at best. They're banged up. They got guys on IR. They got okay. guys dealing with growing injuries that's still out there, which makes it even worse. I, that's Big fine. Ben, this is the average, week for Big Ben an an to connect secondary. on that deep ball that you say he's
2: been struggling. Brandon, Brandon, think
4: Brandon. Think and, and an, an
2: average secondary. Real quick, though, an average secondary will be the best secondary the Steelers have faced. Okay? And we know how good the Browns front is, and Miles Garrett is an absolute game wrecker. But Wilds, I I think this is, and I know it's not sexy, I think this question is, which of these quarterbacks can play a clean game? Which of these guys can avoid the strip sack, can avoid the tip-pass pick? But that's what it is. It's like an old-school AFC North game. 17-16, 17-16, something He's like back. that AFC Who North can avoid back. the big mistake? Right, and so I just I, know, but I think I, Baker and the Browns are going to win Wilds, I think they're the better team Wilds? And I think Baker's going to avoid the big mistake, Wilds Because I want to see Baker
3: cook I've seen Kevin Stefanski letting Jarvis Landry Throw the ball all over the field And Odell gets to throw the ball Can we let Baker throw the ball? Mike, there's, there's 24 the quarterbacks Cowboys. That have thrown for 1,000 yards this year And Baker's not one of them So I'm going to ask the question to you, Mike, and I know that it's winning football and, you know, it's, you know, we were going to be in the trenches, classic AFC North. Tell me what you want Baker, if the Browns win, what do you want Baker Mayfield's stat line to look like?
4: Well, I'll say this. I don't want to see him putting the ball in the air 40 times. I don't want to see that. And okay. right before you ask me this question, I'm thinking, what are the keys to victory for the Cleveland Browns? The keys to the keys to victory in this game is going to be establish the run game. Use Kareem Hunt. Use him effectively. Use him correctly in, in the right situations and play action off of the run game. That's the best chance that they have that limits Baker. That limits Baker to having to put the ball in the air uh, multiple times throughout the game and just let him get into a consistent flow of the game. So, you know, all the pressure is not on him. It's amazing what a run game would do for a quarterback. It allows you to just kind of relax. You know, everything is not on you. You don't have to get first down after first down. You get four here, six there, and you third, you're third in shorts and third and three to fives. And it's just easier to manage. So... You know, if he throw the ball between twenty and thirty times a game this game and uh, you know, completion percentage of around, you know, sixty six percent, I can see him having a chance, but you know, obviously they gotta deal with a lot of guys on that Pittsburgh defense that, that's hmm. true players, you know, especially in the trenches and on the outside. So it's gonna be a difficult tax task, task for them, but they have to establish that run game, keep being off the field and uh score some points.
1: Hey, Mike. Can you please tell Wiles? He tried to introduce this whole baker, let Baker cook thing. Baker can you cook. please tell let him to let cook. Baker bake? But don't put him on 300, just put him on like 100. Please tell him that is the He's way. 100 please. is not cooking. Yeah, let him simmer. 100, 100, let him simmer. I can simmer. That's right. Let simmer. Simmer is, simmer. is not, not, not going to sell,
2: sell any t shirts. <laughs> 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 all right. Yeah, You're playing the in the NFL. You just got to chill. And don't put that much pressure on him.
0: <laughs> Have a great weekend. Enjoy some football. Uh, back to our top story. Didn't take Le'Veon Bell long to find a home. Or are the Chiefs a lock now to get back to the Super Bowl? We're already asking. Mike, thanks. First things first. You,
3: you're my Simmer.
0: Sunday on Fox. Clear your calendars. Aaron Rodgers leads the undefeated Packers against Tom Brady in the Bucks. It all kicks off Sunday on Fox and the Fox Sports app. Check local listings for the game in your area. I cannot wait for that one. Back to our top story this morning, though. Le'Veon Bell is headed to the Kansas City Chiefs, the defending Super Bowl champ, signing the three-time Pro Bowl running back to it's a one-year deal. Big boost for that KC offense after two very disappointing and unproductive years with Adam Gase and the Jets. Elle Bell elated, taking to Twitter with this. Kansas City, Chiefs Kingdom, thank you for the opportunity. Let's go. Look how he already has the uniform on. Uh, Quarterback Patrick Mahomes, (laughs) equally as excited, tweeting, Welcome, my brother. Let's get it. So, Nick, when we talked about this yesterday, you didn't seem 100% sold on the idea. Now that it has, you know, uh, some truth to it, and it has settled in a little, have you changed your tune at all?
2: Listen, I, I don't think the Chiefs needed Le'Veon Bell, and but I also don't think there is much risk involved here. They obviously, if I don't think he'll be a bad locker room guy, but if he is, they could get rid of him. He's, he picked the Chiefs, I think most notably over the Dolphins, which is telling of a few things. One is... It's not about which city is better to live in and nightlife, because being from Kansas City, I can say this. Listen, if you're a married family and want to have a nice town, low-cost living, raise a family, great. If you're young, rich, famous, Le'Veon Bell, Miami's a touch better to live. And Miami would have given him the ball a bunch more, and he chose the Chiefs anyway, which says to me, he wants to play for a team that can and I believe will win the Super Bowl and play in big games. I'm just curious how they're going to use him. When you have the most talented quarterback in the history of the NFL, maybe the best receiver in the league in Tyreek Hill, the best tight end in the league in Travis Kelsey, you don't want to be pounding the running game. So, if they are going to use Le'Veon Bell as a screen option, as a guy who they can break out into the slot, as they can confuse defenses by having what looks like a running set where you have two wide receivers, a tight end, and two running backs, and all of a sudden they're five wide because Clyde Edwards Alaire and Le'Veon Bell are split out along with Kelsey, then that's really intriguing to me. But I. I don't think, Brandon, it is a game changer for Kansas City, but it is a little insurance against the rookie hitting the rookie wall that you talked about. And we'll see if Le'Veon Bell can rejuvenate his career after he's been in hibernation for a year and a half or two and a half years.
1: Nick, Nick, this is a big deal. Are you kidding me? Let's not. I said it yesterday. Let's not talk about him as the running back right now. Let's talk about him as the pass catcher. He has 381 receptions. He's and rece- He's a receiver. This guy can do it all. You can line him up outside. He can run the entire route tree if you let him. He runs beautiful slants, stop routes, goes. He adjusts on the back shoulder. This guy can absolutely ball. And when you talk about putting him with Andy Reid in that screen game, misdirection screens, it's going to be electrifying to watch him when he gets back out there. Now he has five days that he has to go through this COVID protocol, so it's going to take a few. Uh, uh, it's going to take some time to get him in that organization and, and out on that practice field. But when he does, it's going to be a show because this guy can do it all. And you talked about running the ball. He can run the ball. What do you? What do you he has so much gas left in his tank. He's been sitting on the bench for two for two years. Think about where he was before he came to the Jets. This guy was one of the most premier backs in the league. He could do it all. So when you think about how the Pittsburgh Steelers used him, there's an argument that Andy Reid can probably use him better. This guy has vision. He has feet. He still has his burst. I'm excited to see him. They told me in 2011 when they traded me from the Dolphins that I was done. And I went for 1,500 yards, 12 touchdowns, all-pro Pro Bowl. And then they did it again, traded me from the, the, the Dolphins, or uh, from the Bears to uh, the Jets in another 1,500 yards. Oh, Brandon's going to be a red zone threat. He's done. He's washed up. He's 32 years of age, 1,500 yards, 14 touchdowns, all Pro Pro Bowl. And that's what Re- Re- Le'Veon's situation reminds me of that. Everybody thinks he's done. I don't. I think he's going to be explosive and electrifying.
3: Yeah, I buy that. He said he had something to prove on Twitter, Nick. So I think he's gonna have a chance because the Chiefs, I hate to bring it to anybody, aren't great at running the ball. If you take out that Texans win, that Clyde Edwards Lair looked like the rookie of the year. They're actually nineteenth in rushing. They only rush for 108 yards a game. And I know Nick will tell you, no, no, that doesn't matter. Like, nah, eh, it does. But the problem with Le'Veon Bell, I hate to be like an Adam Gase supporter on Island of One. Just me and Kevin Wilde, like <coughs> He, there it's it's okay to question that like he never had a hundred yard gain. Uh he had two hundred and sixty-four carries, Brandon. He never broke a twenty yard run. So yeah, I think he true. has something to prove. I'll be rooting for him. But and then Nick, for you, your upcoming schedule. You got a Bills loss on Monday, then you got the Broncos, then you play the Jets <laughs> on November first. This, this November first game. If I and Le'Veon Bell, I'm going to Andy Reid and say, I just want to torch, torch the Jets. I want to have like an old Priest-Holmes game. Just like, give me the ball. Let me score you know, five touchdowns on these guys. I'd be very upset at the Jets the way that my career ended. Why well, my career, my tenure ended there, Nick.
2: No, and, and by the way, when you look at that schedule, you can see why the Chiefs going 14-2 and two is not only in play, it's the likely result. Because they're not going to lose against the Bills. Then they have the Broncos, the Jets, the Panthers, revenge game against the Raiders. Then they play a senior citizen quarterback, Broncos again, and then that final month. So, But I want to talk about what this represented to me as oh, a Chiefs goodness. fan. <laughs> this represented to me the final step in the Chiefs' evolution into the Patriots of this decade. Because the first step to becoming the next Patriots is you win a Super Bowl. Check. Second step is go into next year as the overwhelming favorite. Check. Third step is have your close wins dissected as losses. And when you do actually lose, it's a five alarm <laughs> media fire. Check fourth step is have your supporters in the media and his fans become increasingly obnoxious. I'm helping that. Check. And the fifth and final step is whenever there is a, a formerly elite player who gets cut by a team, where does he land to rejuvenate his career? Your doorstep. Sure. So while Brandon's talking about what happened with him, what I am more reminded of, what happened with one Randy Moss. Randy Moss, an all-time record-breaking start to his career, just like Al Bell, then went out in the wilderness with the Raiders for a few years, and folks, I mean, the Patriots gave up a fourth-round pick for Moss. There were real questions. What does he have left? And he had the greatest single season a receiver has ever had. Now, I'm not predicting that for L Bell, but I do think there is a possibility, Brandon, that no one would have been successful running behind that offensive line with New York, with that offensive system, with that dysfunctional franchise, and now similar to what Randy was dealing with in Oakland, and now we are going to see, well, hell, if he's 80% of what he was in Pittsburgh, he is a massive, massive asset, because, Brandon, when he left Pittsburgh, he was the NFL's all-time leader in yards per game from scrimmage. So if he's just close to that... It is an added weapon for Andy Reid and the Chiefs.
1: 100%. Let's go back. Uh, McCagnin wanted, the general manager for the Jets, wanted yeah. Le'Veon Bell, blockbuster free agent that year. Coach Gase didn't. Why didn't he want him? Because his recipe for success, going back to the Peyton Manning days in Denver, it worked for them. They shared the backfield. There was two to three running backs. That's, that's who he is. That's what his offense was. McCagnin forced this. And that's why this thing was doomed from the beginning and you hear this story play over and over again but you fast forward to today levy on bell yeah. can still do it he trains down here in south florida when i tell you Every single day he's getting after it, he's getting after it. So I, I, I there's no doubt in my mind that this guy is in t- tip-top shape, that he's ready to go. And then, like you said, he has this, this added, like, edge uh, and this added, like, uh, attitude about proving yep. to the world and himself that he is a premier back. Like, there's no doubt in my mind that he is. Because of his skill set, he's a wide receiver, and he's also yep. a beast at running back.
0: All right, let's take a turn quick. Talk America's Game of the Week. It's the Packers. It's the Bucs. It's Aaron Rodgers. It's Tom Brady. It is going to be good. And it is Sunday on Fox. Brandon, who wins? Ah,
1: Packers by three. Ah. But Todd Bowles and that defense is going to be stout. They're going to throw a lot of blitz, a lot of pressure.
2: Yeah, All I right, couldn't Wilds. believe this game was All initially. Right. Oh, go ahead, Wilds. I apologize. Well, I'm
3: going Packers by three, but I'm rooting for a Gronk touchdown, the first of the year.
2: <laughs> I couldn't
0: <laughs> at some point. I couldn't
2: believe this point. game was initially a pick'em. It's now Packers minus one, one and a half. These teams, Brandon, are not in the same tier. The Packers are in no. the absolute top tier in the NFL. Wild says I should start doing this on Wednesdays, like a type of NFL rankings, and maybe we'll. If I did that, it would be Packers, Seahawks, Chiefs at the very top tier. The next tier, Buffalo. The Bucs aren't in that one either. The next tier where you've got Baltimore, Pittsburgh, and the Rams, and then the tier, Titans. But beneath that, Brandon, the Titans, why I for a the, bu- the Bucks. Those teams right there, Brandon, I would argue, like, there are a couple tiers beneath Green Bay. I'd be shocked if they can keep it close, Brandon. So you don't have the
1: Titans at tier two? Buffalo, guys, tier two? No.
2: No, they're tier three.
1: What? Tier three. This segment will work. With Tampa. Jenna. They're tier
2: three with Tampa. Yeah. Cleveland, Wilds Cleveland? tier like
0: 3 be perfect.
2: Yes. Cleveland's <laughs> tier three. Yeah. yeah Cleveland's tier hey, three. Hey, guys, Let's do it. it's
0: been a great week. Have a wonderful weekend.